Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by my friend, Randy Dumalig, Random NBA at Random NBA, R-A-N-D-U-M-N-B-A on Twitter. Randy, how you doing, man? What's up, Patrick? It's been a while. Um, I'm doing pretty well. I, I think I'm doing better, better than the Warriors are doing. Um, at at 29 and 29 but it's been a good all-star break Uh, i've been able to spend some time with i'm talking like i'm one of the players it's i'm 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 doing well (laughs) it's been a good break that meme you're that meme he thinks he's on the team yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so um i wanted to have you on because you know like you said the all-star break happened and i have not put an episode out in like eight days or something and it it's very purifying for me and it feels really good to have like stepped away from all this for a while because there's so much angst. It's been such a weird season because we had high hopes, you know, reasonably high hopes. And it's just like when they hover around mediocrity, it's like they, they show you what they can be and then they pull you back and say, Oh no, we're not ready for that. We're not there yet. And it's just back and forth. And it's like either be good or be bad. That's how I had felt <laughs> this whole time. Exactly. And now I'm refreshed and I have, you know, some some optimism. These final 24 some odd games, whatever it is, like I'm I'm uh I'm on board. Like let's let's see what happens. How are the Warriors looking to you and and how you feeling? What's your temperature on this team? Um Man, it's it's like it's weird to even try and talk about their season at large because there's been so many different parts. They've been missing so many guys. Um, Steph has been hurt twice. Wiggins has been uh, absent a couple times now, and it's just like, like yeah, like you said, like they can win games. They beat Memphis on Christmas. They beat the Celt like they won games against the Celtics, and there are games where they you know lose to you know Wembenyama you know, type teams. <laughs> and yeah. it's just, it's just weird. Like when you have like the five best five man group in the NBA, right. And you have that lineup, but then all, on that same team is a bench that hasn't found an identity is a defense that is supposed to be able to lock up these teams. And isn't like, it's just a weird juxtaposition of like, you know, we know how good this five man lineup can be. And we know how bad the rest, like any other lineup can also be. Yeah, it's it's been a pretty Jekyll and Hyde season, uh, to say the least. I mean, right now, you know, like reports coming out that Wiggins isn't ready to go. He has some personal stuff right. to take care of. And Steph, he's going to be reevaluated in a week. And he's on court just doing like, you know, non-contact stuff, but at least he's moving. And right. so there's four games that he's going to miss before that uh, reevaluation. Who knows if he's going to miss more, but like the four games are, I believe the Lakers, the Rockets, the Wolves and the Blazers. Right. So it's in LA against the Lakers and then three home games, Rockets, Wolves, Blazers at Chase Center. What do you think they'll, they'll uh, come out of these games? With? <laughs> what, what, the, that record, what do you think it's going to be? Well, you're, you're missing Steph, right? For the next, at least these four games are reevaluating him. And um, I, I'm going to count Wiggins out for now and just see how I feel about those this group of guys. But if Wiggins gets back, I mean, that that's obviously a huge help, even though he's kind of been kind of in a start and stop mode. I think he's missed more time this season than he has uh, 
uh, for injury and for, you know, his reasons now, like just been a rocky season for him. And he has normally been like an Ironman in his career. But for these next four games, I mean, I w- as a fan, I guess I would be happy with like three and one. Three and one would be really cool for me. Four is, is improbable, but I think it could happen. Uh, I see two and two as kind of the more logical likely thing. I think they can beat the Rockets and they'll beat one of the Wolves and Blazers for sure. Uh, the Lakers, they gave us problems, right? And they didn't even have LeBron in that game before the All-Star break. They had It was the first game with D'Lo and, and Bando and, and all their kind of new help that they had just acquired for in that Westbrook trade. Yeah, that's that's going to be there a few barometer games. I know that the Rockets are bad. So, I mean, you really should win that one. But yeah, the Wolves are in the playoff chase. I think that if you can beat the Rockets and Blazers for sure, I, you're happy with that. And take one of the next ones. If not both, get greedy. But that's my take on it. I think the, the Rockets and Blazers you can definitely have. Yeah, I'm pulling for three and one. I'm um, concerned if they come out two and two. I mean, it is what it is, but it's just like to come out. And I'd said for a while that like after the All-Star game is when that the long sprint to the playoffs happened. And, you know, if like after four games, there's still 500, it's going to yeah. start, you know, wearing on people. I mean, do you think this team has enough? It's hard, right? It's hard because if someone predicts that this team is going to like fall completely short of expectations uh, or if they're going to like make this crazy run, like I can see either on the table, largely because we know that if they get into a seven game series with a team that they're top six, they have that experience. Uh, you throw in DiVincenzo, you throw in Kaminga, and then eventually you throw in uh, Gary Payton, the second, they're really right. short still. Um, and then to Michael Green at the end, but other teams won't want to face them if healthy, right? Because that's the bottom line. I think the healthiest team is going to win. But where do you feel this team is going to going to land? I think the the optimist take in me is that they can they can secure maybe six and just avoid the plan. I think if they can really like just just hold on to six, I, five. I don't even think I don't, I'm sure the numbers are really close. But yeah, if they can get to six and and just avoid the whole single single elimination. Uh, mess that that could be I'd be really happy I think you know realistically I could see them as just kind of be in the seven or eight you know going maybe what 24 games left if they go you know 15 and and nine I don't like could win a few more games but I don't know seven eight seems like the likely one for me but if they get six I'll be really happy just less stress man less stress after the last day of the season well, they're one game right now out yeah. of the sixth spot. And in front of them right now immediately are the Pelicans and, and Wolves. The Warriors are ninth. Thunder mm-hmm. are tenth. I mean, the Pelicans are they're spiraling. Uh, you know, it seems like they won't have Zion for a while, so that's a team. And then above, I mean, like the Nuggets are trending up, the Grizzlies, they might start trending up i don't know they've been having problems still the kings haven't had too many bumps in the road yeah with the clippers i mean it they're looking better it's a question of what happens now and if they're healthy and if westbrook adds or detracts from what they got going and then phoenix mavericks etc so they'd have to get past i mean it's it's funny right right like what we've seen from this team it's like oh maybe not you know 
but like yeah. we know what they can do we know what they can be and i think that's what is the frustrating thing throughout the season and where we stand right now so it's it's tough to say what are the teams in the west that really really worry you that like okay this team i don't think they can get past or do you think they can just run the table yeah <laughs> i'd have to see the grizzlies up you know three three you know three two or three one from for me to truly fear the grizzlies i respect them i think they're playing playing great i know they're kind of wobbly so not necessarily the grizzlies i think the nuggets could um give us a run this year i mean they didn't have murray and porter last year they've just flat out improved <laughs> like they're just a better team this year they're healthier the warriors on on the other hand of you know a uh, their bench is not as deep and their health has been worse. So it's just kind of a, which team is trending, in which direction I would pick probably the nuggets and Suns from a purely logical point of view. I think the nuggets and Suns can probably be the two teams that and either end up coming out. But, you know, like you said, if the Warriors can get into just a seven game series and, and everyone's healthy and someone catches fire, like we saw it last year. I mean, I don't think uh, against Denver, or, I mean, the Mavs, Dal- um, the Grizzlies, like I don't think they were massive favorites in any of those. And versus the Celtics, they were huge underdogs. So it's not like they have always, you know, it's not like they've gotten used to being the favorites or the used to being this invincible team that they now clearly are not. But, you know, if you, you know, sometimes if the switch flips, so I, I mean, the playoffs, anything can happen. Uh, the Nuggets definitely concern me. The Suns, of course, right, with with KD coming there. Every other team, I think that they, they could take care of. Do the and, Clippers or Lakers worry you? I mean, the Lakers are sitting five <laughs> games under 500 in the 13th spot, 14 yeah. games out of first. So uh, do the Clippers or Lakers bother you? Uh, the Clippers, I think, always seem like, oh, they're a great matchup for the Warriors. But it's like we, we've gotten so few games between them where both teams are healthy, where you could actually give it like a, a fair assessment. Because it's always like you play them and it's like, oh, they're missing Kawhi or they're missing Paul George or we're missing Steph or, you know, Clay's not playing back to back. And it's just kind of these whole, I mean, in the playoffs, all your stars are going to play all the games if if they're able to. And it's it's just hard to evaluate them so far. But yeah, I think the Warriors right now are are where they belong. Like they, they haven't been good enough to be a top six team and they've won enough close games and, and entertaining games to be above, you know, the bottom feeders. So if they can just find something right in, the, in those next 24 games. Yeah. Do you have any fear that they'll drop out of the play in and just miss the whole postseason? <laughs> oh man. Who would they, who would they have to lose more than? Like, here's the thing, right? Like the people that are behind them right now. So they're ninth, right? And yeah. OKC is 10th. Then it's the jazz, the blazers, the Lakers, the Spurs, the Rockets, the Rockets, the Spurs, they're they're beyond and they they want to tank the jazz the blazers and the lakers we know the lakers want want it we know the blazers want it the jazz i don't know if they want it it seems like they're they're cool just coasting out and then the thunder i think those guys are going to compete no matter what so it's to me it's really the thunder and the jazz if Mm -hmm. they are going to actually make an effort to try to make the play in I don't know. I don't know. Like I do have concerns if they, I mean, it's, it's tight. Like the, the Warriors are one game out of being 12th, right. Or basically one game out of 11th and 12th. And, uh, we're also one game at sixth. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, that's so stupid. I've never seen this before. There's so much parody. There's too much. It's like one day we were like, I think the sixth or seventh, like we were on, we were in six for maybe a couple days, (laughs) like at one point. 
And then it's like they're back in ninth, and then they're in tenth or eleventh, and then they win a few, and they're back in you know seventh. Yeah, back yeah, and forth. It's, it's so frustrating because it's like I've I've done these episodes every game, and it's like oh they they're they're turning the corner. You yeah, know, I probably have like three episodes using the phrase "turn the corner," <laughs> and then uh, all of a sudden they they drop a couple and they just look uh, completely lifeless. You know, I mean, it's funny because yeah. if they held on at home versus the Nets and versus the Celtics on the road, they would have been like on a six-game winning streak or something, a seven-game winning streak. Uh, but uh, but that, of course, did not did not happen. You know, me personally, like I I do think that they. They just got to get into the tournament. I've been saying that for the past couple of weeks. And I think it, even if it's the plan, to be honest, I don't want that. But uh, mm-hmm. even if it is, like that would be the most absurd thing to to see them in the plan. If they're healthy, I like their chances against a lot of teams. Um, the Nuggets worry me. Uh, potentially the, uh, the Clippers worry me. And the Suns, I mean, again, that's a health thing too. Uh, Booker's coming off an injury. KD is old and coming off an injury. And (laughs) and their bench isn't deep, man. And Chris Paul, yeah, Chris Paul is – I said at the end of last season that I don't trust him to make a deep run in the playoffs, and I still don't. Uh, So, like, I think they just got to get in, and it's all all fair game. You know, to me, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're going to be favorites. I'm not going to say they're going to run the table yet. I mean, we'll see when March and April – roll around and how they're looking. If they're looking like this, then it's like, well, you know, flip a coin. But if they start kind of clicking, if Steph comes back soon, if Gary Payton, instead of three months from uh, when the trade deadline was, becomes what he's getting reevaluated one month after that. So uh, if he comes back in a month and a half, right, then then like a couple weeks before the playoffs, you integrate and see what happens. Then you're then you're talking. Um, is there anybody on the buyout market that you care about at this point? I think uh, oh, you have to sign them by March first for them to be eligible for the playoffs. Is there anybody that excites you or that you think is worth it? Yeah, um, I saw that a couple of days ago. They missed out on Pat Bev, which was weird because like you just traded for Gary Payton, you have Divincenzo, Poole. I mean. I don't know why you'd even um, consider another guard, but I think uh, they're honestly more likely to convert Lamb or Jerome to one of those two um, one of those two way spots into a, a regular contract. If they were going to add someone, I'd love for them to add like not even like a, a true big, just like a, a taller guy <laughs> like Nerlens Noel at center. Like I, I don't yeah. think he needs to get heavy playoff minutes, but if he can come in and grab five, six boards, like, in, in the second quarter of one game, like, that's important. That's less work on the mm-hmm. team. Like, probably not. You know, I, I think that they – honestly, will, that's an interesting question, too, between between Anthony Lamb and, and Ty Jerome, uh, which one they might convert. But, I, yeah, I think one of those guys is more likely than a buyout uh, person. Buyout yeah, yeah, I agree. When people were clamoring for Pat Bev, I was like – Man, have you seen him play? And then also, he's six one. Do you want to get shorter? <laughs> and then yeah. when everybody's healthy, it's like, all right, you have a bunch of dudes six three and under. Um, yeah. It's a really yeah. good intramural team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I agree. Like, I don't. I just don't think at this point that there's anybody that's good. They're going to get Nerlens Noel was somebody that I kind of circled too, just because I was like, maybe just having that athletic uh, yeah. guy still 
I guess in his prime ages. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, I mean, you know, he can still play. Still, he's still tall. Be, yeah, <laughs> just be there uh, yeah. to, to face up against the big. But again, I think uh, Kerr is going to go with guys that he likes. I like Jerome better than Lamb for a lot of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But it just feels like they will go with a big, you know what I mean? Or a guy at least who could play bigger. I think they're maybe – I think Lamb is like 6'6", six, six, and Jerome is 6'5". But obviously yeah. uh, one plays – uh, much bigger and I think he'll end up being the guy that they put in that spot. What was your take on the, uh, the Wiseman trade? Yeah. I mean, I know that um, Twitter is, is not the environment for like any type of at least attempt at like a normal conversation on it because you know, <laughs> there, no, there are people who just, you know, wanted, uh, didn't want him on the team from the jump and that's fine. But like I, you know, while he was here, I thought, you know, it was a weird fit at first, you know, he was showing flashes, he got hurt his rookie season and, you know, he, he never got started. He feels like he just never, I know the first 10 games this season he was playing and then he got sent down to the G league again. Like I, I guess it just doesn't line up, man. I mean, I hope he succeeds as, as a piston. I hope that he you know becomes a, a player that reaches a potential and, and, you know, doesn't have so much kind of bad luck, right. That he's mm-hmm. had in the past couple of years, but like I like I said, like it's a weird bittersweet thing where you're you know kind of admitting sort of the sunk cost on that pick, but you're also welcoming back someone who was such a key cog in last year's team, and but you know at the same time he's still not available yet, and it's just like a oh you know we uh, whiffed on one draft pick, but we can welcome back this guy, and it's that's a weird it's a weird vibe. Would you have reversed the trade if uh, if you were Bob Myers or the, the Warriors brass after finding out? Gary Payton was there. I don't, I don't think so. I think that it would have been harder to like say welcome back to, to James Wiseman than than it is to just go through with the trade and and wait for him to heal. And I know that of course the bill is going to be huge and Draymond is going to be a free agent potentially. So getting rid of I think Wiseman was set to make twelve million next year. Um, mm-hmm. Payton I think is it's funny we got Payton back on the same deal that we were kind of if you decide him on in the first place. So it's kind of a weird switch around, but I mean, it, I think long-term it's better for both, both parties. You know, he gets to develop in his place. That's more his speed um, where you can make mistakes and not get yanked right away. Cause you're trying to win a fifth championship. Right. And mm-hmm. for the Warriors, you, know, you get, you, you know, move him and get back someone who, you know, you know, fits in the system, you know, uh, can play with Steph, can set screens, can cut, you know, just really fill in a crucial role on the team. And you just, I feel like at this point, you just have to pray for health, like availability, right? It's just, yep. if, again, if everyone's healthy, you know, just let them play seven games, like just see what happens. But at the same mm-hmm. time, if you're missing one guy for a week, even right now, right? Like one in four or one in, you know, two and six and then in the next, however many games, it's just really not going to put the right vibe on, on, on the close of the season. Like it, they could, they could look really bad or they could encourage us and, and turn it around. Uh, have you seen uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's movie, The Master with Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, no. King Phoenix? No. I'll okay. check that out. Because there's just a scene at the beginning which reminds me of James Wiseman. There's a scene where it's World War II era and there's a bunch of uh, battleships uh, carrying soldiers to uh, across the Pacific and a soldier falls off, just some random extra character, and falls off into the water and yeah. they have to 
like he for a second he thinks someone's gonna come get him but then they just have to leave him behind yeah. because they are on this mission right Right. And I, you know, I you assume that maybe somebody came back to get him, or that they just counted as a casualty. You know, this guy floating in the ocean. That reminded me of James Wiseman in the sense that there's this you know, train moving forward, several ships towards his destination, and once you fall off, it's really hard to get back on. And I yeah. think that was always the the shame for me. I was all for drafting him, mm-hmm. or. Tyrese Halliburton or Patrick Williams. Those are my two other guys that I wanted. You weren't a LaMelo ball fan. <laughs> uh, I just didn't think that they would take him. There was a part of me that was like, you know what? He's going to be the, he would be the perfect guard for this team as, you know, Steph and Clay age out because he could run the, the offense while Steph and, and Clay could run off ball all day long. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, obviously that, that didn't happen. And this is before the, the Achilles tear. So right. it, it kind of changed the calculus in my mind. But, you know, like uh, there is a part of me that's like, uh, and I think I said this uh, a couple episodes ago, it's been a while, but I do think that uh, at a certain point, you know, Steph flexed and it was like, basically, I want Draymond. I don't want James Wiseman. It's for this season, but it's also like, you know, him saying, making it easier to, to sign Draymond in the future, not so much yeah. about this this season. And to me, that's a shame. It's a shame because I thought the kid could be decent. I've talked about it a bunch. I won't go too deep into it, but, you know, I'll pull, pull for the kid. And it makes me think, I, I tossed this idea out a week and a half ago that, do you think that Steph is going to flex more <laughs> the way LeBron has throughout his career and be like, F them kids and... I want Clay. I want Peyton. I want Draymond next season. And you have to move. I mean, I, I expect to see a lot of movement in the, yeah. in the off season. I'll be really uh, upset if they move Kaminga, but I think mm-hmm. that they can hold on to him and that they would. Uh, right. But you know, when it comes to Moody, PBJ, any of right. the other guys, uh, I like PBJ. If they keep Kaminga and PBJ, uh, I'll be I'll be all right. You know what I mean? As yeah. long as they get some guys in their like late twenties to, to mm-hmm. fill in those uh, spots and some decent trades. Do you think that they're just going to punt on the two timeline thing or, or how do you see this playing out again? It depends a lot on how the season ends. Like if they come short in the uh, play in round or something and they lose, then that's, right. is that going to be blow it up or mm-hmm. if they come close or, you know, have that slim margin where they can uh, get to the finals and actually win that creates a whole nother, set of ripples in the, in the, in the ocean. I'll, I'll guess I'll give two answers. I, I guess in the more, the more likely outcome where they don't win a title this year, right. And, and repeat and get that fifth ring. Um, yeah. I mean, I think they, you have to keep Kuminga, but uh, Moody probably maybe, you know, gets moved for someone with more experience. I think that you probably lose a guy like DiVincenzo, even though he's played well, like you have Peyton now and you have pool still, uh, on his contract that's set to kick in, you signed, you extended Wiggins to like, uh, I just don't know how much room there is for him. I like him a lot. I mean, he's been making a bunch of his shots and he's just a cool, fun player to watch in the war on the Warriors, uh, in the Warriors system. But I think Dante could, you know, could leave. I think he has a player option, but he, I think he's played well enough to get offers that would, you know, uh, exceed that. I think that, 
honestly, the bench needs like a long, hard look. <laughs> I, mean, I just think like they um, they extended Looney, but like you still you just need a little more presence. I don't know. Like they've just been eaten up inside um, in the paint, you know, in the past, even against guys that, you know, I, I don't know. They're just you, it's demoralizing, you know, like it's one thing to to watch a team kind of make circus shots over you and and just kind of beat good defense. But it's another thing to just give up boards and give up layups and give up just like easy looks. Like that's, that's probably the most concerning thing. And I'm off on a tangent again, but you know, if they can get the defense up, I think that's, that's going to be their priority, but I don't think they punt. I think they, I mean, it's weird when you say two timelines, right? Cause when you go 15 and 50, you draft James Wiseman uh, at number two, you forget that during that 15 and 50 year, they also made the move where they swapped D'Lo for Wiggins. But in that mm-hmm. trade, it was also their pick. And and so you get Kuminga out of that uh, pool, right, has probably played way better than people have expected, you know, regardless of the criticism he's he's taken this season. So it's like, can you have one and a half timelines? <laughs> like, can you, can you have guys that become really solid bench contributors, you know, important role players? Uh, that eventually, you know, grow into that starting role and kind of take over once, I don't know, in two two years, maybe. Or yeah, yeah. you just go all in and get a bunch of other experienced guys that you think will fit. Yeah, I think, you know, as much as that, like uh, PBJ, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where oh, maybe they could have traded their picks in the off, like, off season instead of actually using them uh, and, and tried to get a vet or something. But mm-hmm. it's funny, right? You trade Wiseman, all of a sudden it's like, oh, they they punted on the two timeline thing, and I don't think that's true at all. And I don't, that's not exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, are they going to punt uh, in the off season? And I I don't know. I don't know. Again, it depends on how it plays out, and I hope they don't because I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, you know me, I've talked about like how long I've been a fan, and I, yeah. I uh, wax poetic about like nostalgia, but. I want the team to be good, you know, for a long time, you know what I mean? At least like competitive, you know, they may not be yeah. uh, carrying three, four hall of famers at a time, but I don't want them to fall into the tank. I think there's uh, uh and this isn't necessarily criticism. This is just an observation. I think there's a lot of people out there who uh cool <laughs> with like, let's just go for it now. And if the warriors stink for a while, I'm not really going to pay attention anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I don't want that. That's, yeah. that's the wrong attitude. Um, but uh, I, I do think that they're going to see more clearly that it's about using these final couple of years that these three guys can be together uh, and seeing what they can what they can uh, squeeze out of it. Let me ask you this. Just one more question on the Wiseman thing. Yeah. It's like if they because I've seen this on Twitter and as you said, Twitter isn't real life and it's it's like a weird place uh i've seen people who were super anti-wiseman that like really vehemently they they treat him like he's a donald foil on offense and patrick o'brien all around you know what i mean it's like it's really really weird and those are the kind of people that i just tune out because it's like uh it's just kind of irrational uh but i've seen some of these folks who who were like we got to win now is timeline thing and like just got to take advantage of Steph's prime. We owe it to him and got to get rid of Wiseman. And then they get rid of Wiseman and they trade for an injured player. And all of a sudden they're like, well, it may not be our year. 
and you know blah blah blah. like i find it really strange and actually kind of like (laughs) hilarious how like do do you see what that like the difference is with with that opinion because you're basically still quote-unquote wasting a year it's just that you punted on wiseman uh at the trade deadline instead of seeing if he's valuable to the team still or seeing if what i always wanted was to hold him until the summer to see how the season ended and to see if you could package him with like oh, hypothetically you know i don't want to trade pool but that 23 million takes a, uh, comes into effect and that's all of a sudden like 35ish million that you can trade for somebody good right. like really good like an all-star in theory right or a borderline all-star so mm-hmm. do you think like uh <laughs> it's a waste <laughs> at all uh like making this trade if they kind of, you know, fall, fall short, like extremely short of their goals. If they make the Western conference finals and lose to like a upstart team or the Suns or something, then it's like, yeah, you know, shrug your shoulders. But like, say they lose, say they go 0 and 4 in these next few games. Right. I don't know. I think that it's, it's a move that, you know, was going to, it felt, it felt like it was going to be made either now or in the summer. Right. Like uh, they're just asking him to, they were asking him to do things that he clearly was not comfortable at or wasn't hadn't developed yet. I mean, they brought in a whole different coach, right? Um, Dejan, uh, no, I'm going to butcher his name, Yelovich or whatever. Um, sure. I know that they hired him to, to work with Wiseman and like his, they made this whole big deal out of like him being Jokic's old trainer and all that. And I don't know. I, I think that he probably just was a lot of pressure. You know, I don't want to like say he, completely you know deserves no blame or actually looked really really good and there were points where he struggled he obviously was you know gonna be up or down you know as a young player and and on a team like the Warriors I don't know if you can afford that as much as you can any of the other 29 teams or a team especially like like the Pistons so Mm -hmm. again I think it's the right move for both sides um and for the Warriors if it gives you you know that that extra flexibility that you need um, to make those tough decisions, you know, you try and keep Draymond, you try and uh, build the team around what you can with with some experience and with hopefully some more defense, like the more defense mm-hmm. in this year. Yeah, it's it's like a it's bittersweet. I mean, I, I wanted to see him succeed. I think it'll still potentially be pretty good, you know, if he can put another year or two in and just I don't know. The Pistons are on his timeline. You know, it makes so much more sense for him to be on a team like that. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Is Steph going to go for 30? Is Clay going to hit five threes? Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. What result on the season do you think would be a disappointment at this point? Not going back to the beginning of the season when we first uh, yeah. hopped on at our predictions. Like, uh, uh, I, I think they can win at least a first round series. I think they can beat, you know, maybe a, um, a Clippers team or even, you know, the Grizzlies would be fun. I'd, I'd love to go seven games and see them with Steven Adams and us with, you know, the, the healthy lineup. 
yeah, that's probably the the bar for like absolute failure or not. Is like, can you at least one make a fir- make the first round and and win a series? Like, if they if they lose in the plan, like whack, like bad season, just didn't go. <laughs> if, they, if they lose in the first round, also whack. But like the semis, I think is still just you know so close that you just want to make it anyway. But um, I don't know. The West is different this year. I mean, you basically add. Katie and Kyrie to two different teams. You get the Nuggets add two guys back. Uh, the Clippers get Westbrook, which is like, I don't know if that adds, subtracts, or just changes things. I'm not sure, but you know, it's just something you now have to, you know, have to consider. But yeah. I don't know. It's it's probably the most crowded it's been. I, I don't know actually if it's been more crowded in my time like watching basketball a lot. You know, I'm maybe as like. Um, as a kid or whatever, I wasn't paying as much attention, but like watching every game and just checking the standings kind of throughout the season this year in particular has been just, you know, off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not very common. I mean, to have all these teams from like 14 to six or five be this close together. That's, I I don't, I don't remember the last time. Maybe there's like, you know, sometimes four teams, right, that are fighting, but like that many teams, it's it's really rare. And, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I've said this before. I'm just here for the ride, man. Like I uh, obviously pulling for the Warriors and want to see, but I've, I think I've prepared myself for, I'm not usually a big like, oh, drama guy or, or anything like that. And, and that's not what I'm looking forward to, but I'm looking forward to like, if things just splatter on the wall. Um, right. I'm going to be fascinated with the moves that happen. Like, is oh, Myers yeah. going to stick around? Is Kerr going to stick around? Is Poole right. on the table? Is Draymond on the table? How are they going to figure out? Is there chat around Clay? Is uh, is Wiggins? You know, all this stuff. Like, or the young guys? Are they going to like the only sure things are probably. Uh, Steph and Looney and Looney because he's so cheap, but they're just gonna keep. They wouldn't. No one wanted him before, so like his value is uh, is massive on on his contract. You can't trade Looney. I don't. I don't care if they win the chip or not. Just keep Looney next year. Just keep. Just yeah. keep. Steph's contract runs through like twenty five. I think twenty four, twenty five that year. Yeah. Like, to me, it's just you know, until that contract has has run its course, like you just you got to try and win, you know, like you got, you got to at least give it a shot and, you know, we'll see. So they, they, they could make some weird moves and, and see how this, the rest of, you know, Steph's extension plays. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny that like, you know, things were feeling decent on kind of having the older guys and the younger guys. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'll crumple that up and potentially <laughs> just uh, turn into a, a LeBron James type team, you know, where it's like scorched earth. You know what I mean? Give me what I want. You owe it to me. And then, um, you know, pick up the pieces and uh, uh, find a Patrick O'Brien in the future or something. (laughs) Um, Let me ask you one more thing, because I've talked about how in the 2021 draft in that 14th spot, I was a big Trey Murphy guy. And uh, there were other guys that I'd hoped for. And so I'll fully admit like, Hey, if da- uh, Davion Mitchell fell there, I would have wanted him. If uh, I-, I was looking at Chris Duarte, but Trey Murphy was the guy that I really, really liked because he's one of those dudes who had the growth spurt, right? A point guard who had a right. growth spurt. And those, yeah. as long as they can play basketball and if they make the NBA, those guys always turn out to be pretty good. And, and we've seen him be pretty good. 
right. and then there's the Wagner thing. So this is just some random question. Would you rather have sure. Kaminga and Trey Murphy or Wagner and Moses Moody? Dang, that's that's interesting. <laughs> I think that just as as two players, the uh, Wagner and Moody give you probably a little more shooting. You know, maybe I, I think Wagner's really good. I like Wagner a lot. I've seen I've seen some of his. He's just I think he's better than his draft position for sure. But mm-hmm. um, I've also gotten really into Kuminga's game and how he's grown on defense and really forced himself into a role this year. Uh, in in a system where I mean Kerr doesn't really play a lot of young players, you know. I mean when you're when you're trying to win, but you know when he's your your best kind of point of attack, just kind of lockdown guy, and you put him on, on you know, say they play the Mavs. I mean you need someone for Kyrie and Luca now, and so you have Kuminga, Draymond now Wiggins. Like he definitely has to be important. But yeah. um, I would I would probably go with Kuminga and Trey Murphy. I, I think Trey Murphy is a really great get for new orleans new orleans right yeah yep yep (laughs) yeah i would too yeah i think like when i first thought of this a couple months ago it was a bit of a toss-up but with the strides that kaminga's made and also the strides trey murphy's made and also the reverse strides that moses moody's made um some people would say like hey i'll take the one guy but I'll be like, I'll take the two because uh, I, I think the defensive potential of Kaminga and Murphy and Murphy's a great shooter. You know, he's that mm-hmm. corner shooter that people need, you know. And so uh, I would I would do that. I'm probably like, I think Wagner's great. I think he'll be awesome. He is awesome right now. But um, I would just take the take the two at uh, at this point. I'm sure it feels super weird to be moody right now. Like. At, you know, in a trade deadline where your franchise, you know, clearly is prioritizing experience over younger players. And, you know, you see the, another lot of pick gets shipped out. Um, I mean, you know that this summer, like something is brewing, you know, you, you, you're not necessarily in like a stable uh, work environment. <laughs> but right. Well, I mean, I think that it was he, you saw him play in the playoffs, right? I mean, he played some minutes against Dallas. He was playing. Um, I don't know how much time he saw in the finals, but it, it really looked like he could get at least 15 minutes a game this year. Um, yeah. And just hasn't right. Like, I don't know if it's like a, a matter of like his defense his foot speed or whatever. We know that the shot like is, is also hit or miss. I know that he, um, there was a stretch where he would come in to get, you know, he was getting a few looks maybe early second quarter and he, the shot just wasn't falling and it just kind of, he wasn't super effective. So yeah, I mean, you're rooting for him. You know, I think he he has like sort of that sneaky bounce, which is always fun to watch. You know, he'll go on the baseline, kind of dunk when he does it, when it looks like he shouldn't. But yeah, I, that's another guy that I uh, wanted a little more from. I would say this season. I, I guess you'd say that for almost anyone on the on, on a 500 team. You know, there's still you know 24 games of the season left, and ain't over. It could all of a sudden turn into like the greatest victory of this dynasty uh but you know it's it's obviously hasn't gone the way anyone thought it would uh no one really would have predicted this but you know even though there's maybe like 12 15 things you could write down what would you pinpoint as the main things that have led to where the warriors are now I guess injuries is the first thing that comes to mind. I know that specifically when, when Steph got hurt, I think against the Pacers and when Wiggins missed like 10, 15 games, 
um, that was just a really big hit to the defense. I know that preseason, everyone wanted to get on the the Draymond Poole incident or everyone wanted to, you know, after those first 10 games, uh, blame it on Wiseman when even, you know, Clay or Poole or some of the uh, more established guys just weren't closing in the clutch. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because, again, like best five-man lineup in the NBA, but at the same time, we've seen the rest of the team look bad and even that five-man lineup, like, not close games the way that they have uh, in the playoffs in the past. And so even if you get to the playoffs healthy, like it's definitely, it's, it's probably the least sure. I mean, in, even in a team identity, like taking matchup or opponent, like any opponent talk out of it, like just as a team, like what exactly are you? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I, I think this is the furthest we've been in a season in a while that, that I, you know, you still don't quite know what you're getting on a night to night basis. So yeah, we'll see, man. Yeah. 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 But you know, I won't focus on that. I'll focus on the optimism at least until they go and four in this next stretch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> cool, man. No, Randy, appreciate you coming back on. Uh, definitely want to have you on again at some point in this, uh, star cross season, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, y'all can find, uh, Randy on Twitter at random NBA. R-A-N-D-U-M-N-B-A. Uh, definitely give him a follow. He's funny. You know, like he's not one of these angry, angry people on Twitter. He's funny. So uh, uh, witty stuff. So uh, definitely check him out, man. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, I'm good, man. Go go, Dubs. I hope that they can uh, be more available, right? Just, you just want to see the team at, at its highest, I hope. You know, I hope that they peak at the right time. All right. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, appreciate you, Patrick. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the basketball podcast network and if you're so inclined please do leave us a five-star rating on spotify and apple podcasts and if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on apple podcasts that would be hugely hugely appreciated and it would be very very helpful thanks that's it music in this episode provided by paper sun special thanks to paul amardo for production support see you next time and go dubs (laughs) 